We chose to look at GM crops in this course because, uh, you know, at the beginning of this millennium, it was a very important uh, topic of scientific importance and of economic importance and also in respect of public concern about it as well. The issue was around whether uh, a GM crop should be uh, commercially grown or not. That was the big debate that was going on at the time. And it looked as though the government had a particular point of view about that, which was to say that, yes, it should. This, this was an important technology which uh, could bring economic benefit to companies, to the country, and so on. On the other hand, the government was aware that there were public concerns around it. So they decided to set up this very interesting way of deciding whether they were going to commercially grow GM crops or not, which had these three elements to it, the scientific panel, the uh, economic panel, and also the question around the, the actual public debate. And uh, the science review panel was there to review the scientific evidence in terms of uh, genetically modified crops, whether they were indeed a danger to health, whether they uh, were problematic as far as environmental integrity is concerned. And it was one of the very, very important legs of the, of the whole inquiry. The idea here was to try to focus on what Tony Blair, the then Prime Minister, used to refer to as sound science. And for, for the people involved on that panel, sound science meant peer-reviewed science. So... Uh, trying to sort of marginalise anecdotes, personal opinions, and just look at the peer-reviewed science and see what it said. But there is a suggestion that the scientific review panel ignored the environment side of the question because part of the scientific uh, inquiry was intended to see the degree to which uh, genetically modified crops might affect the environment around them, as it were, so the degree to which wildlife, for example, might be affected by genetic modification, together indeed with the herbicides, of course, which go along with this kind of technology. There is another way of thinking about it, though, as well, which is environmental values, really, the degree to which um, the value of the environment as, as a relatively pristine, untouched, natural process is affected by genetic modification. Now, that kind of more philosophical, if you like, more ethical point of view perhaps wasn't taken into account in the science panel anyway to the degree uh, that people might have wanted. But on the other hand, it certainly did find its way into the public debate element of it. So in the round, it was taken into account, I would say. The novel bit was bringing the public into this thing too, and that was what was especially interesting from the point of view of the course, because then we were able to, to deal with these questions of participation, protest, issues around evidence and argument as well, which is very important. What counts as evidence? What kinds of arguments can you have? How do you best conduct them? And so on. And in a way, the findings of the, uh, the economic panel were bound up with, uh, quite closely with, with what happened in the public debate too. Because the public debate revealed that people were very concerned overall about the commercialization of GM crops. People were extremely suspicious about the motivations for it on the one hand and, as it were, the potential fact of it on the other. Now, that immediately impacts upon the economic assessment because if people are concerned, they're not going to buy the products. If they're not going to buy the products, there's no market for them. And so the money that would be spent on R&D, on research and development by the GM crop companies, is not going to be spent because they're going to think, well, we're not going to make anything out of this. So the economic findings, in a way, were, were, were really very, very closely bound up with the findings um, that emerged from the public debate as well. And I think both of them in the round, again, came to the conclusion that this wasn't the right thing to do. It wasn't appropriate to license the commercialization of GM crops in, in, in Britain, at least the three crops that were examined. And in February 2004, after this consultation process had taken place and after the various panels had reported, the government um, produced its policy on the commercialisation of GM crops. Uh, the conclusion was that uh, there wasn't a case for going ahead with the commercialisation of two of the three crops anyway. The exception was, uh, was GM maize, which they felt could legitimately be commercialised. But because the economic case had collapsed by this point, 
the uh, company which had shown greatest interest in in the commercial growing of GM crops in Britain pulled out. So the effect of all of this was that in the end uh, there was, and there has not been since, any commercial growing of any GM crop in this country, as far as I know, anyway. Uh, and that's the situation we're still in. On the other hand, the pressures are always there. There is no doubt money to be made out of this technology. And, uh, and companies that are involved in this are interested in trying to, to break into new markets. And the European Union, including the UK, of course, is potentially a very, very big market. So the pressures are continually there. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.